0: Alright guys, past couple weeks we've been in the book of uh, what? First John. First John, good job. So we've been studying First John. Tonight we're in chapter 2, about halfway through chapter 2. Um, so let's, tonight we're going to be talking about a topic that's very important for Christians to consider. It's probably one of the most important questions, aside from, from salvation really, that we need to consider. Um, is about loving the world. Do you love the world? What's up? Okay. Do you love the world? So consider this question with me tonight. Do you love the world? Who do you love? Who do you love? So let's, let's just dive in. Let's, let's pray and let's read uh, the verses from mine. So Father God, as we study your word, God, would you just soften our hearts to hear your word, to receive it, confidently would we receive it humbly God would you speak through me would you help me to rightly divide your word your truth God help me rightly communicate it to your people and God if there is a student here who does not know you someone here in this room who does not know you who is not walking in fellowship with you God would you draw that person to yourself would you convict them with your Holy Spirit. Convict them of sin and righteousness and judgment so that they may see you, see their sin, repent of their sin, and, and turn to you in faith and so that they might know you. And so God, would you work in our lives, draw us near to yourself, make us more like you. God, would you free us from distractions tonight. God, there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on in our lives. Uh, I know we have several out tonight with the play and Lord, just would you just help us to focus in on you for just a little bit. Take tonight to focus in on your word, to hear from you, to be intentional, to engage our minds in your word. And God, if there's something we don't understand that we would just dig and dig and think and pray and ask for, that you would just reveal yourself to us and give us knowledge of your word according to your Holy Spirit. And so, God, work in our lives tonight, work in our hearts, make us more like you. We don't want to just be smarter. We don't want to just go through another Wednesday night. But, Lord, make us more like you as we think about these things, as we consider your truths and apply them to our lives. God, we love you. And it's in a precious and mighty and powerful name that we pray. King Jesus. Amen. Read with me in First John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. forever. Let's read that one more time. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from God, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. John, we, we've looked at so far, he's given this instruction and this encouragement, this assurance to these believers. And in verses 12 through 14 of chapter 2, he took kind of this break just to say, all right, guys, are you with me? John's writing to these believers. He, he's writing to Christians who were, were dealing with some people in the church who have left the church who were kind of, of false teaching. We see some false teaching taking place and some people were leaving the fellowship because they had deficient views and beliefs about who Jesus was. And they were leaving the faith. And John is writing to these believers to encourage them, to assure them of their faith in Christ, to assure them of the truth of who Jesus is, and to challenge them to walk in fellowship with God, to walk in the light, not to be like the world, but to be like Christ and to walk closely with Him. To keep his commandments, to love God, to love others, to love the other believers. And then in verses 12-14, he pauses and says, let me remind you of, of who you are. Let me remind you of what God has done for you. And then in verse 15 in our text tonight, he gets back with giving commands. Except this time we see a negative command. It's, it's in the negative. It's a negative command. Do not. Do not what? Do not love the world or the things in the world. Do not love the world or the things in the world. As believers, you and I cannot love the world. We are to hate the world. We cannot love the world. What does John mean by the world? What does John mean by the world? This word world, it's the word cosmos, the Greek word cosmos. It's mentioned six times in these verses. You can look back in verses 15 through 17. It's mentioned six times in these verses. So what what does he mean by the world? Is is John saying, do not love the creation that God has made? That's not what he's saying. He's not talking about creation. He's not talking about nature, that we have to hate the beauty of nature. That's not what John's saying. What he's saying is, is the world system. The world system of beliefs and morals and values that are in opposition to God. Do not love the world system that is opposed to God. That is in rebellion against God. John's not forbidding an appreciation of, of creation or a love for people, but rather he's warning against setting one's affections. That's what this word love means, agape. Sunday we're having the senior center, having an agape fellowship, this, this love, this agape kind of love. It's, it's not setting one's affections, this agape kind of love, on sin or behaviors opposed to God and His character. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Do not set your affections. Do not be loyal to the things of the world. Do not be loyal to the world. Do not be loyal to the things of the world. The command, do not love the world, means Christians are not to love the world. You and I are not to love the world. We're not to have affections or loyal, loyalty toward the world what about John 3.16? For God so loved the what? God so loved the The world. world. But here John says, John wrote the gospel, right? John 3.16. John wrote, for God so loved the world. It's the same word. But here he says, do not love the world or the things in the world. What about Jesus? He was a friend to tax collectors and sinners. He ate with them. He often, a lot of times we see he was in opposition to the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders of the day. What, what what's how do we make sense of this? Do not love the world, but God loved the world, right? Well, God loved the people. God loved us. And God can't sent Jesus to do what? To redeem us, to set us free from this world, this world system, this belief, this life of sin that is against God. God proves his love for us And that while we were sinners, Christ died for us while we were still sinners while we were enemies of God while we were still in the world while we still love the world while you and I still love the world the ways of the world the beliefs and the values and the morals that are against God while you and I love that God sent his son Jesus to die for us Christ died as the as we looked at the beginning of chapter 2 he died to be our propitiation A big P word we learned. To be our propitiation. God sent Jesus into the world to save people from the world system that is in opposition to God, that is actively and aggressively opposed to God. You hear a lot of talk about, you know, don't be like the world. That's what we mean when when people talk about not Christians not being like the world. It's not that we are just to not have any contact with anybody in the world and to live in isolation. Yeah, that's what monasticism, like monks, who you see, like people just go away and they're completely isolated from the world. That's not, that's not what John's saying. We have to not love the world, so you've got to just remove yourself from it. But the, not loving the world means we've got to understand that the world is actively against things of God. The world system, the world beliefs are actively against the things of God. We are to not love these things. We're not to have our affections toward these things. We're not to be devoted toward these things. When Jesus, He he came and He he was around sinners, but not to encourage them in their sin, but to call them out of their sin, to call them out of this world system of beliefs that was against God, call them to repentance and to place faith in Him. Calling them out of that life into life in Him. That's what we see Jesus do. God he loves the world and he calls us to into new life to come out of this way of life this sinful way of life in the world Christians cannot love the world because the world is against God Christians cannot truly say they love God and at the same time love the world You can't do it You can't love God and love the world. They stand in opposition to one another. You can't do it. John tells us if you flip over a couple pages at the end of chapter 5 in verse 19. Look at me in 1 John 5, 19. It says, we know that we are from God. And the whole world lies in the power of who? The evil one. Who's the evil one? Who's the evil one? The Satan. The devil the end of this letter, John tells us that the world lies in the power. It belongs to Satan. So you cannot have love for God and love for Satan. That, that doesn't make sense. You, you can't do it. I can't have love for Ivy and then that same kind of love for another woman. That doesn't work. That, that's, that's, not, that's adultery. That's not how that works. That's not how God designed it. You can't have a love for God and this love for the world. In the second half of verse 15, look at: Do not love the world or the things in the world. There's the command, right? Continue on. If anyone loves the world, what does John say? The love of the Father is what? Not in him. The love of the Father is not in him. If anyone has great affection toward or devotion to or loyalty to or commitment to the world... Commitment to these belief systems, these morals, these values that are in opposition to God. That person does not have the love of God in them. If you have these desires, this love for the world, if that describes you, you do not, do not have the love of God in you. You're not just, well, you're not just a bad Christian. You don't have the love of God in you. It's as simple as that. John's pretty black and white on that. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6 that no one can serve two masters. Why can't you serve two masters? Jesus said because you'll love one and hate the other. Or you'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other one. You can't serve God and money. You can't serve two masters. You cannot love the world and love God at the same time. You cannot truly mean it. If you say you love God and the world, James, chapter four, verse four, a couple years ago when I, I guess I first started, we went through this book of James. We studied James together in James, chapter four. James wrote, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity toward God? It's hostility with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend with the world makes himself an enemy of God. So if you want to be a friend of the world, if you want to adopt the belief systems, the values, the morals of the world, and say, hey, what, is the world, what are the values and morals and beliefs of the world? Just live life whatever you want to live. Do whatever you want to do. Who cares? You have one life to live. Make the best of it. Do whatever you want to do. Pursue yourself. Make the best of yourself. Make the best of yourself now. That's what the world says. And if you want to do that, if you want to live your life for yourself, you've made yourself. You've chosen to be an enemy of God. You've said, you know what? I know what the Bible says, but I just love myself more and I'm going to be an enemy of God. I'd rather be an enemy of God. To be a friend with the world is to make yourself an enemy of God. This verse, verse 15, is very sobering for the Christian. After pausing in verses 12 through 14 to get get their attention, John very boldly and very straightforward says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Very, very, very straightforward. What do you love? You and I must consider what we love. What do you love? What do you set your affections toward? What are your affections focused on? What do you desire? Do you love the world's music more than you love music that sings the gospel? When I was in high school, you know what I listened to? You guys aren't going to guess it. I did not listen to Selena Gomez. Listen to some Lil Wayne, Eminem. No, I didn't do that. I listened to some guys, I listened to a lot of cussing. I had two 12 inch subs in the back of my 2003 Ford Explorer, and I would bump to anything that had a good bass. And I had a lot of really terribly worldly songs that I listened to when I was in high school. Listened to a lot of bad things. And a lot of times I preferred to listen to them over Christian music because sometimes I was thinking, oh, yeah, Christian music, that can be kind of, you know, it doesn't have a really good beat. But the more I listened to Christian music, the more I read God's Word, the more I prayed and walked in fellowship with God, the more my heart was drawn to the things of God. And I didn't want to listen to that crap. I didn't want to listen to the garbage that the world produced. I wanted to listen to things that made great the name of God. Do you love the world's music more than, than songs that sing the gospel truths? It may take you a minute. It may not be just your style of music, but do you, do you listen to the words Jesus, thank you. Your blood has washed away my sin. Jesus, thank you. I mean, like, what an amazing thing we can proclaim. Do you love to watch worldliness in movies rather than maybe watch or listen to a a sermon or something that builds you up and edifies you and makes you more like Christ? Would you rather read a book on romance or history or if you, you know, a lot of you feel like I don't even like to read books, but if you would like, would you rather read a book on romance or history or a mystery novel or a thriller novel than you would just to spend time in the word of God, reading God's word? You prefer to read other things rather than the word of God. You and I must really think about where our love lies. Where does your love lie? If you have a growing love for God, you're going to have a growing hatred for the world. The more you love God, the more you're going to hate the world. Not with an evil kind of hate, but you're going to see the sinfulness of the world. And you're going to have a holy, righteous anger against sin that is against the holy God. You will want nothing to do with it. But on the contrary, if you have a growing love for the world, you're going to have a growing hatred for God. You cannot love God and at the same time love the world. You must choose. Every one of us must choose. I've said this before, but like you read the Gospels, every time somebody encountered Jesus, they made a decision of what they were going to do. Jesus revealed Himself to them and said, I'm here. This is me. This is the truth. This is what God has said. They either accepted it, accepted Him and received Him, or they rejected Him and said, "Ah, get away from me. I'm not listening to that. There's no just middle ground. You must choose. Are you going to follow the ways of the world and love the world Or are you going to love God and pursue after Him? Love for the world proves that you do not understand the love of God or the Gospel. And it proves that as Paul talks about in Ephesians 2, that you're still dead in your sins. You walk in the darkness, the truth is not in you, and you do not belong to God. John gives us the command to these believers, do not love the world or the things in the world. He wants to be very clear Who is a Christian and who is not? Who is walking with God and who is not? Do you love the world? The command is to do not for Christians. Do not love the world. Secondly, we see the world is not of God. So why do we not love the world? Well, firstly, because the world is not of God. The world is not of God. Verse 16 says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father but is from the world. These things are in opposition to one another. The world is not of God. So what's the big deal? What's the big deal of the world system? Why is it so bad just to live life however you want to live? Why is it so bad that you just want to do things your own way? Why do we have to follow God? Why can't we just live our lives trying to be decent people and going about our lives you know, I try to do better. I just, why is it so, why is that such a bad thing? It's because the world system is not of God. Jesus says, and in, in the Gospels, several of them, if anyone wants to come after me, if you want to follow after me, you must do what? Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow Jesus. The world says, Pursue yourself, not deny yourself, but pursue yourself. Live however you want to live. Don't take up your cross. Have an easy, comfortable life. Don't worry about the difficulty. Like, take, take the easy road, man, and pursue your heart to the fullest extent. Not follow Jesus, follow your heart. Be standing in opposition to one another. I think about the world and how it's rooted in sin and opposition to God. The world system beliefs, and I mean, just think about how much Christianity is attacked in the world. Like that's the most like we when we hear of religion being attacked, it's, it's Christianity. Why? Because people so badly don't want the Bible to be true. Because if the resurrection of Jesus isn't true, if the Bible isn't true, then who cares what we do? But if God is true, which He is, if His Word is true, which it is, if the resurrection of Jesus is real, which it is, it's most historically proven fact, there is. Then it demands something of our lives. It demands that we submit our lives to God and follow after Him, responding to Him in worship. But we don't want that. We want to do whatever we want to do. The world is not of God. Any of you guys watch the Grammys the other day? Or hear about the Grammys? I know you've probably seen stuff on social media or whatever about... Sam Smith's performance the, of Unholy and all that stuff. So he's got that song. Sam Smith's got the song Unholy and had this really hell-themed performance at the Grammys. And like we look at something like that and, and you, you have these guys dressed up in red and guys and girls dressed up in red and, and just singing this song. Having, I mean, it's a, it's a, I've seen clips of it and I didn't watch the Grammys. I don't care anything about it, but I've seen clips of it. And it's just like you look at something and go, Hopefully all of us in here will go, that's that's unholy. That's 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 worldly. Something's wrong with that. That's not OK. And as a Christian, that should bother you. So when we, we look at things like that and go, man, that's wrong. That's of the world. We look at things and we go, oh, they're they're out there doing that. They're, you know, getting drunk and smoking pot every weekend. That's wrong. We look at that and it, absolutely these are certainly evil things. Certainly these things are of the world and are not of God. And as Christians, these things should bother us. Not because of just us, but because it is an offense against the holy God. Blatant sin being worshipped in pop culture should bother us. Sin being legalized should bother us. These are things that we are against. And we we know these things are worldly. We would say these things are worldly because they're easy to point out. But we, we fool ourselves as if all we think is the world, the world system just consists of these outward things that you can see. The, I think what deceives a lot of us is the, the world, the system of beliefs, the world system being things that we can't see like pride and selfishness and, and the pursuit of self and, and dishonesty and the love of your possessions, apathy not caring about God. not feeling, Just being indifferent toward God. I think that's a lot of what consumes us. These things also are of the world. and These are things that aren't so visible. That you can't just point out and go, Ooh, that's sin. That's of the world. These are things that you've got to really examine yourself to see. John mentions in verse 16, Things that are in the world. He says, For all that is in the world, The desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes, and pride of life. For the CSB. I like the CSB's translation. this better. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. I think that gives us. A, I think it gives us a better understanding. These these things, these desires, these cravings, these lusts. You know, God gives us desires. Desires aren't bad, but when they're coupled with things that are evil of the world, when they're when they're used in a way God did not intend them to be used, that's where we run into. Problems. It's where we run into sin. Let's look at these each individually real quick. The desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes, pride of life. Desires of the flesh, what do we mean by this? It's, it's living to satisfy bodily desires. So some of these may, it may not seem like a big deal to you, but eating. You just live to eat. You just want to eat all the time. I, mean, I know people who just, they find their satisfaction in food and it results in gluttony. Just overindulging in food. And you're trying to find satisfaction in in food, these physical appetites, these these sexual appetites, where you're trying to just satisfy with, at least to adultery and immorality. And in our culture, it's just like, who cares? Do whatever you want. Satisfy your flesh. It's not a big deal. That's what our culture says. That's what our world says. And these things arise from our fallen human nature. These are two things that just satisfying our flesh. The desires of the flesh. Why are these things of the world? It's because these things take over. These things take over and control us. These desires control us. I mean, have you ever known somebody, or maybe you've been there yourself, or you know somebody who's, who's addicted to pornography, and they can't break that hold. It's, it's just controlling them. It controls them. Or somebody, uh, maybe you got a somebody who's in a relationship and, and boyfriend, girlfriend, and they just can't stay away from each These desires control them. Somebody who just, just feels their fleshly desires. These things are of the world. The desires of the eyes. The desires of the eyes basically is, it looks good, so I want it. It looks good, so I'll pursue it. Matthew six, twenty two and twenty three talks about Jesus is talking about the eyes being the lamp for the body, kind of a window to the soul. He compares the eye to a lamp, he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. And basically, if you have healthy eyes, you're gonna have a healthy body. If your eyes are pure, if you have good eyes, if you have healthy eyes, your body's gonna be healthy. But if you have bad eyes, your body's gonna be full of darkness. So, whereas if you have good eyes, your, your body's full of light, it's healthy, it's, it's pure. If you have bad eyes, then your body's going to be full of darkness. That's why Jesus, you know, He said, he said in Sermon on the Mount also, help me out, JD, if I mess it up. You have heard that it said you look or commit adultery, you know, you should not commit adultery. But then Jesus is like, but I say to you, if you look, what do you look with? Your eyes. If you look at another woman with lustful intent, Then you've committed adultery with her in your heart. So the eyes being a lamp of your soul, a lamp of your body. The desires of the eyes going, well, it's just not going to hurt me. I'm just going to look, look, you just look and look and look at these things. and You desire these things and you covet these things. In the garden, in the garden of Eden, Eve saw the fruit was good for food, which is desire of the flesh was good for food. It was a delight to the eyes. She saw, wow, that's a, that's a good looking fruit. And she took and ate. She sinned against God. The desires of the eyes. The pride of life. What is the pride of life? Or the, the arrogance or boastfulness of possessions. I like think material possessions, I think, is what CSB says. Pride of material possessions. It's, it's this arrogance and boastfulness in one's possessions, in what you have. Maybe status, maybe position. Maybe popularity, maybe these things, you're, you're boasting in material things, thinking you're better than other people because of your stuff. Oh, I play sports, so I'm better than those who don't. Oh, I have a big house, so I'm better than those who don't have a big house. Oh, I do this. Oh, I date this person. Oh, I'm friends with these people, so I'm better. Oh, I'm pursuing this career, so I'm better than this person who's pursuing this career. Oh, I went to college, so I'm better than them who didn't go to college. These things, just being prideful because of material possessions. Thinking we're just better because of our stuff. Wanting more and more. Just how easily, just think about it. How easily are we satisfied by these desires and we're consumed by these things? We long to gratify the desires of the flesh. Eat, sleep, get drunk, whatever you want to do. Feel, make yourself feel good. We're so sensual. That's what the world says. Just make yourself feel good. Why would you not want to feel good? Just make yourself feel good. Have a good time. Who cares? You live once. Party it up. Have a good time. The desires of the eyes. Ladies, even some guys, we're, we're consumed with self-image. We're consumed with... We want to be appealing to others. We want others to look at us and go... Oh, I desire that. Girls, you want to look good so that guys will notice you. Guys, you want to look good so girls will notice you. We're consumed with, with the desires of the eyes. We we look at things we don't need to look at. Our eyes are set on things they don't need to be set on. We long for things that are appealing to our eyes. In the pride of life. We boast in our stuff. Oh, I got this truck. Oh, I got this girl. I got these clothes. I got these new shoes. I got this new purse. We boast in these things. We boast in our abilities. What we can do. What others can't. And we bully others. We put others down. To make ourselves feel good. It's prideful. We look down on other people who aren't like us. We're arrogant. Arrogant people. These things are not of God. But they are of the world. These things of the world... They are of the world. They are not of God. That's what the end of verse 16 says. All these things, all these things that are in the world, not from the Father, but it's from the world. And then, what do we see about the world? Verse 17, the world is passing away. The world's passing away along with its desires. The world's passing away. Look around you. Look around this room. See these black curtains over here? See these lights hanging up? the couches, see one another, see the stage, see the screen. One day, none of this is going to be here, including you. If you look around, one day absolutely none of this is going to be here. It's all going to be destroyed. It's all going to go away. I told you guys, you guys are D now, the bass player that came with Colton and them, Friday night as they were practicing, he got a call, his house was on fire. He didn't really know what to do. He goes back. His house—it's a total loss. His house is consumed with fire. I mean, it's just—he lost everything. Getting married this year. He's coming here. So chill about, but he lost everything. Just like that, just in an instant, everything was gone. Think about what you ate for lunch today. You're already hungry again, aren't you? Passes away. Goes away. Think about those clothes or shoes or accessories that you just had to have. I've got to have those things last year. Where are they this year? Oh, that shirt's got a hole in it. Those shoes are dirty. Those things just pass away. Everything just passes away. Nothing in this world can satisfy you. Nothing. Nothing in this world will satisfy you. Nothing in this world will fill your longings or your desires. The world is passing away. It cannot sustain you. It's on its way to be no more. The world is heading to be no more. It's going on its way to be no more. To cease to exist. As Isaiah says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. The world is is passing away. And all its desires are going with it. So these things that can consume us, these desires of the flesh, the eyes and the pride of life, these things that can consume us, they're all going away with the world. None of it's going to last. That's why we're not to pursue these things. That's why we're not to love the world. It's because one day it's all going to be gone. But what do we do then? What do you do when you die and you stand before God? Well, God, I pursued all these things, but, but they're, they're gone. You can't take anything with you to heaven. What are you going to say when you stand before God? Well, God, I did my best pursuing my career. Okay, you died. Somebody else has got your job now. You retire. Even the best athletes retire. Even the most successful businessmen retire. best doctors, nurses. Everybody retires. Everybody dies. It's part of life. You can't put your hope and your, your love and your devotion into these things that are of the world. That's not saying you don't, they're, That's not saying they're not good things. Pursue a good career. Try to make the world a better place so that Christ can be seen and be exalted. Do your best to represent Christ in all that you do. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God and do it to the best of your ability to honor and to glorify God. But if that is where your hope is, if that is where your love is, then, then it's a lost cause if it's just here in this world because the world's passing away. One day, guess what? No one on earth is going to care about your popularity, no one's going to care how cool you thought you were. One day, nobody's going to care what kind of clothes you had, what kind of house you lived in, what kind of car you drove. Why? Because all these things are temporary. None of these things last. None of these things satisfy. John's encouragement to these believers is for them not to set their hearts on things that are sinful, things that don't last, things that take our attention and our affection away from God, but to set their hearts on doing the will of God. Look at verse 17. And the world is passing away along with its desires. And so, if you love the world, you're going to pass away along with its desires. But, there's a contrast, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. John is concerned with people doing the will of God. John is concerned with these believers being obedient to God, living in obedience to God. I think it's funny. Look at it. If you notice, John, up until this point, has been talking about loving the world and not loving the world, and these things. But at the end, he says, "But whoever loves God abides forever." No, he says, "But whoever does the will of God abides forever." What, is it? what do we mean there? What do we mean there? Well, John has said multiple times in his gospel, the Gospel of John, that we prove that we love God by what—keeping His commandments. We prove we're walking in fellowship with God that we're abiding in the light by keeping His commandments. So doing the will of God, doing the will of God, being obedient to the will of God, that's what Jesus did. He came, He was obedient to the will of God. He did the will of God. We are to do the will of God and whoever does the will of God abides forever. Forever. Earlier in chapter 2, if you look up just a little bit in verse 8. Verse 8 says, At the same time as the new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away. And the true lights is already shining. Look at verse 17. And the world is passing away along with its desires. The, this dark, present world is temporary and it passes away. But the true light, the light of Christ, abides forever. And the one who abides in God, the one who does the will of God, abides forever. C.T. Studd, you guys may not know who he is. He was a British missionary. and He wrote a poem that you may have heard. Uh, this refrain, this, is this refrain that's pe- repeated in there. And it says, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And that is repeated throughout his poem. Only one life twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. The last stanza of this poem says, Only one life twill soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when I am dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has been burned out for thee. Are you spending your life loving the world, pursuing the things of the world? These things that are against God. They're not just bad things, these things that are against God. Or are you pursuing your life, pouring out your life for the glory of God? John gives this command to not love the world. So I ask you the same question. Do not, I ask you this question Who do you love? What do you love? Do you love the world and the things in the world? Do you love this world system of beliefs that just tells you to pursue yourself, to live your best life? Trying to just be the best version of yourself, to live however you want because you just have one life, so make the best of it. Are you pursuing this ideology, this mindset, this system of beliefs? Are you pursuing this? God gives us desires and good things in this world. But do you idolize these things, making them the gods of your life where you're worshiping them, you're devoting yourself to them, pursuing them and making yourself an enemy of God? Or do you love God? And how do we prove that we love God? By keeping his commandments by obeying Him, by living our lives in obedience to Him, submitting ourselves daily to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, being transformed by the renewing of our mind, not being conformed to the world, but pursuing Christ's likeness, being conformed into His likeness. I'm not asking, do you understand that you're supposed to pursue God? I'm not asking, do you know that you're supposed to do the will of God? But I'm asking you, are you actually doing the will of God? Let's just take a moment just to be still to reflect on God's word, and then I'll pray in just a moment to dismiss us. But just think about these things. What do you love? Do you love the world? Do you love the things of the world? Are you pursuing things that are of the world? Are you pursuing the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life? Or are you holding fast to God, living in obedience to Him? Father, as we consider Your Word, would You just make it ever so real to us? God, would You open our eyes to see the truth of Your Word? And God, help us to hate the things of the world because You hate them. And God, if we love the things of the world, we make ourselves enemies of You. God, these things are not your character, They don't glorify You. They don't bring Your name honor. So God, may Your name be hallowed in our lives. And we do this by pursuing You. By, by not loving the things of the world. But pursuing You and loving You with all of our hearts. God, would You teach us? Would You help us? And God, if there is someone here tonight who just maybe thinks, you know, Jack, I really... You're talking about these things and my life really shows that I do love the world. I don't want, I don't want to love the world, but, but I really do love the world. Will you help me? God, I pray that that person would not leave tonight being satisfied with where they are. But God, that they would return to you in faith and repentance of their sin, placing their trust in you. God, may we love you. You died to save us from this world system of beliefs. That are against who you are. To give us life. To give us hope. To give us purpose. So God would you make much of yourselves in our life. God we love you and praise you. We, we exalt the name of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.